The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Sound awful. Oh, sorry. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and rejoining me, the person who I just didn't edit out saying, oh, I sound awful. Uh, it's Jen Kirkman. Hello. Oh my God, this is our first one in Australia. Oh, we haven't done one here in Australia. No. That's right. Of course. So oh. exciting. Last year, I don't know what... I was ill. You were... I was ill Having last a nervous year. breakdown. I was doing two shows and oh, I was right. ill at the same time and the podcast didn't really come out for the entire time that's I was doing right. it. That's so people, right. you can like, if you need an indication of whether I think my show's better than last year, the fact that I've put out four podcasts this week <laughs> shows how comfortable I am with the show. Please oh, come. <laughs> click what a better please, feeling. Please come and buy a ticket. Um, uh, how's the show going for you, Jen Kirkman? Now, let's talk about what's your show called? Let's do the plugs up the front. Oh, cause, sure. Because it's comedy festival. It's so. called I Know What I'm Doing and Other Lies I Tell Myself and it's six short stories about times in my life where I was a real idiot but it's something I used to do a lot back in my early LA days that I haven't really done as an adult on the road is talk about my earlier life like screwing up this talent show and having to go to the school psychiatrist when I was little uh being drunk and hungover in the morning on 9-11 and wanting to break up with someone and then it was 9-11 and being secretly in love with someone else. Secretly hoping they were in the building. Oh, no. He worked (laughs) there. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. And when I called and the phone was making a weird sound, I thought he had died. And I was... And there was a small part of you you like, this is a relief. Just a tiny bit. Yes, because I was in love with someone who lived in LA and I wanted to move there and be with him. And I thought it would be so... People would understand. Right. But anyway, they'll have to see the show. I mean, they'd happens. mock you. for. You'd have to have, like, probably a respectful year, though. You know what I mean? Like, because suddenly that relationship yeah. would be, like, you know, because it died in tragedy. You can't – people get mad at you having a new partner too quickly oh, after really? that. Oh, really? Oh, my theory back then was they forgive it. Oh, she's run straight into the arms of someone else? Yeah, she's getting consoled. Leave her alone. It's not her fault. Yeah, everybody <laughs> grieves in a different way. But I have stories <laughs> like that and then taking a fear of flying course and all this stuff. So, anywho, I enjoy so you, it. Oh, you were scared of flying, were you? Yeah. Oh, my God. I said, that's, that's interesting. When I met a comedian who's scared of flying because it's so hard to do our job if you But well, that's what got me over fly. it. Well, I was scared since I was a kid. And then I took a course when I was like 20 that helps you like – reassociate feelings of panic with feelings of relaxation. And it just didn't work on me because I also had other anxiety disorders I didn't know about. Right. Like the people in the class had straight up just a fear of flying. So I decided like I'll <laughs> You've never- gone in there and gone, oh, it turns out one. this is one of a real big list. Yeah, yeah. He, I have like- a checklist of stuff. This is. It turns out this is only a really small issue. I have like 99. You know what? I've got 99 problems and it turns out a fear of flying ain't one. <laughs> it really wasn't. Well, then like I started taking – Pills when I flew, and I know it's like not, but I don't have an addiction to them, so it worked out good for me. So over 10 years of taking a tranquilizer every time I go to the airport, now I don't take them, and I feel relaxed in the airport. I actually did train myself, and now I love flying. Okay. So, but anyway, the the um, at one point I was like, oh, I'll just not ever be a road comic. I'll just do shows in LA, and I'll work in TV, and that'll be my life, and I'll never go anywhere, and that's fine. And I know I didn't mean it, but... Once I had to start, when I started opening up for Greg Barrett on the road, I would like buy tickets, call 10 people and be like, do you think my plane's going to go down? Which plane sounds better, the 845 or the 905? Departing from, <laughs> like I was that bad. Wow. And I had to take so many pills that like getting off the plane, I just had to drink like five coffees and Yeah, because that's what you have to start to do is maintenance. Because then also you need to know when to take the pills. Do you take the pills like before you get on the plane or do you take them once you get on the plane? What if there's a delay and you've already taken the pills? Like (laughs) I take one in the morning to calm myself throughout the day. And I used to take one before the airport, one at the airport and one on the plane. That's a lot. That's quite a lot. Yeah. And then I would just be passed out for like (laughs) whatever time. From takeoff until landing, I didn't want to be conscious. And I never was. And now I can't believe I live that way. I mean, it is kind of amazing what we're afraid of that you later become like, I was so terrified, like, you know, when I first went to America and you have to, you know, like, I mean, I remember the first time I got off a plane, like at JFK 
and walked out into just everybody yelling at each other and beeping their horns and people tell you know, oh, yelling at you totally. about cars into the city. And I was like, maybe I'll just go back into the airport and just get back <laughs> on a plane and go back to that safe place I know and understand. I guess it is more intense. I mean, even in America, if you're from a different part of America, that's the most intense thing you could do. It was the first time I ever went to the States and I was just like, I, I remember just getting off the plane. We were shooting something there and uh, it was on the way to Montreal and I was just like, oh no, turns out I am a farm boy. Turns out, <laughs> turns out I am that country. Like when my dad used to come to Melbourne and freak out because there was too many people, I was suddenly like, oh, okay. I, just, I never I just knew this. Yeah, totally. Was this wasn't recently, was it? No, nah, this is like a decade ago. Oh, okay, because I know that you went. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, no, this was a long time ago. Okay. But uh, but I remember now because I mean now when I'm like, you know, I, I fly back and forth all the time and, yeah. you know, I've had to find my own way. As you know, like with America – uh, you know, essentially they treat me like any other road comic, right? So yeah. they, they just send you out the details of the club and the flight. And then they're like, well, you'll work it out, right? And the first few times I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm going to a place I've never been. Yeah, totally. I don't know, understand how anything works. I, we, we, you're flying a different airline every time because essentially they've just looked for the cheapest flight they can possibly yep. find on any airline. Yeah, it was a bit overwhelming. Let's start, yeah, it's I not like say. here where like someone comes to your place and helps you walk around like the first time you're going to your gig and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, like yeah. when I come back here, they now offer me someone to do that. Yeah, and I almost, I'm just like, what? What are they? What are they going to do? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I need it my first night so I can acclimate. I actually don't feel like I need it, but I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to be the annoying person because I know I will get lost if I say no. And then, but yeah, it's it's. But in America, you're on your own. Yeah, but it kind of feels like to me like Bear Grylls going home and having a butler. You know what I mean? I feel like he would find that unnecessary. Who's that? Bear Grylls, you know, the wildlife guy, the man versus wild, the one who can sleep in a camel and drinks his own urine oh, and that sort of stuff. I never knew his name. Yeah, Bear Grylls. And he actually is. does go home and have a bottle. I don't know. I'm just oh. saying that like, yeah. it would be that because he can, you know, he can make a bed out of a horse. <laughs> Does he really need like a butler to make his eggs in the morning? You Maybe know? he does when he's t- he's like I don't always right. want a bed made out of a horse. Yeah, exactly. I don't sometimes want always I want fresh sheets. Sometimes I want a mojito. I don't want to drink my own urine. I'm no, saying I-, I can do it. I'm not saying I prefer to do it. I think that's what makes life on the road so tolerable. Is when I'm not on the road, I'm very high maintenance. Okay. Like I have to be taken care of. Not high maintenance, but maybe compared to other people. Like when you, I have travel, to have a housekeeper. I have to have my bed be perfect and look like a hotel. Yeah, you do actually. This is a true point. <laughs> like you do. You have a very nice house. I've been to your apartment, yeah. and it's very nice. That's the thing that I I remember walking in going. Oh, oh, she's not a loser. <laughs> she, yeah, no, I think I said that out loud. I didn't mean that. It just no, slipped out. Go, I'm so sorry. When you have a friend and you've never been to their place right. and they're a comic, you just assume like, oh, it's going to be. Anything. Like I mean, dirty things everywhere. Could be anything. Oh, no, never, 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 no. never. But it's one of those things where like, I don't want to own a home because I feel my life is hassle. And so the last thing I want is more hassle. Like if I'm in New Jersey and I get a call, I don't know who would be calling, but some neighbor walking by going, a tree fell onto your house or your pump broke and there's feces everywhere. Like how would I deal with that? From So now I live in a building that has everything 24 hours on call. I don't have to do shit. Yeah, I, I like I that. I need to live that way. Well, I mean, that's what I like about living in, uh, like, you know, when you're on the road and you live in, like, a service department or whatever. Yeah, this is a service department here yeah. that I'm staying in and, like, or somewhere where they're just going to take care of that stuff every day. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to go for a walk and oh. I'll come back and yes. somebody will have made the bed and they will have changed the, you know, towels and stuff like that. I'm going to experience that when I get home. It's, I mean, when I get, I've come here with towels on the floor and I just can't wait to see what they've done with it. <laughs> But am I supposed to tip? No. I can't believe it. Well, but see, because the thing we is, pay our people here. I know, but the thing is, I have to put my towels on the floor so that yeah. they don't think I'm doing the recycling thing because uh-huh. I'm not. You're not. At this point, we're fucked and it's not going to get better if I wash my towels every I mean, other day. That, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if everyone has that attitude, I guess that's why we are. But the truth of it is, you're right. At this point. Until the oil and gas companies start, stop doing what they're doing. Right. Uh, your towel on the floor really isn't making the it's difference. Not, and There's I not feel one like, polar bear floating off like, fuck you, Kirkman. <laughs> and I don't have kids and I don't eat meat so I can put a towel on the right. floor. It's a terrible It balances attitude. out. It doesn't really balance doesn't out either. at all. You, but fl- you flew over here, you've ruined your carbon p- footprint for two years basically so i know i have no you cannot, i don't need you to cannot go to do anything else for two years <laughs> essentially you've given a finger and yeah. i do it all the time by the way 
I've gone, you know what? Sure, the environment's important, but people need to hear my observations about life. <laughs> well, that, Surely I used that's to... more important than the planet, right, guys? Come on. Have you ever been that kind of asshole that when you're afraid to do something, you turn it into like your altruism? And it's really just your, uh, for lack of a better word, a pussy. And so I was like, um, I can't fly. I don't want to be a road comic because I'm saving the environment. And then once I started getting offered gigs and I was like, Mm, it's fine. Right. Uh, I'll buy a carbon footprint. Now I don't even do that anymore. Remember, you used to be able to balance it out and pay 10 bucks extra. I do two things. I, I buy it on the plane. With, I uh, buy the carbon footprint. I take the little I box still. I never see anymore. I don't know if it is on everything. Because oh, okay. in America, they've taken everything out of the cost. Yeah, we don't like, care anymore. And they're like, oh no, you're going on an eight-week holiday? You're not taking luggage though, right? Because <laughs> that'll cost you $900 if you want to take luggage. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you want a seatbelt? Okay, well, that's $92 <laughs> now. Sorry, you have paid the basic price, but it doesn't come. Oh, you didn't bring your own chair oh you've got to bring your own chair i'm sorry that's 180 other bring like a lawn chair that you got at the drugstore right yeah and you've got to bring eight cans to recycle that's your carbon offset no yeah. i feel like in my show at least like as long as i at least have like three or four minutes about the environment that's my <laughs> that's my carbon offset that's my version of the comedy carbon offset. I like, I, okay, I've flown here, but I've also made an excellent point about the environment oh that might God, start you guys thinking. so good. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about that on my podcast. I'm like an annoying vegetarian person sometimes. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying you have to be a vegetarian, but if you call yourself an environmentalist, then you have to be one. Right. Like if you don't care and you're like, I eat meat, good on you, live your life. Not everyone can do the same thing. But if you're like preaching, blah, 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 like, First thing I did with Leonardo DiCaprio when he started preaching, I was I looked up if he was a vegetarian and I was like, okay. Is he? He is. He should okay. be a vegan, but that's fine. Vegetarian is fine. Close enough. I mean, I, you know what? He probably pretty much exists just on the taste of Victoria's Secret's <laughs> models, right? You know my whole thing about this. No, tell me. Go on. What? Well, I've been doing some intense research. Okay. So like, just like I was <laughs> pretty into Dave Navarro years ago in yep. his life, bored with him. Leo now. Leo now. I've okay. never liked him, never thought he was cute. No, all right. Um, don't hate him, just don't care. Okay. To me, when they're like a hot Hollywood man, that's not... So anyway, I always found it interesting that he always had all these different models because that's something like a man-child does or someone who's not straight. Right, sure. And so I started Googling gay rumors and I guess in the early 90s, allegedly, allegedly... Don't go after your podcast. He was feeling very comfortable with himself after Gilbert Grape. And like he had a best male friend who was out and gay. And he was just like, yeah, I'm bi. And like people were like, no, shut it down, Leo. Like you're about to become a star. And like everything was, you know, scrubbed and taken off the internet. And then he ha he bought a house recently in Palm Springs. What straight guy does that? And... <laughs> I've been reading message boards of all the gay guys that are like, he cruises the strip. We've all had sex with him. And then all these models are like, he's bad in bed. That's why he's going through them so fast. Uh -huh. They're like, one said he had, um, oh, I forget what the word was, like hollow kisses. Like he's a terrible kisser, oh. not good in bed, doesn't seem interested. Sure. And the one long relationship he had was Bar Raffaelli and she was an international model. So it's like they saw each other a lot. Just saying. Right, there you I go. I think the dude is in the closet. Okay, well, you know. And that's fine. Yeah. I almost hope he is because I think he's so destructive to masculinity and, and women. You know what I mean? Be interesting to see. Like sometimes you do yeah. see those guys that you're like, yeah, I'm, uh, it, and this is, you know, <laughs> this is all rampant speculation. And I'm sure if you <laughs> Google gay rumors about anyone on the internet, you will find some. Yeah. Because basically anyone who's ever been on telly, somebody's gone, they're gay. Yeah. Like, and, and someone's gone, I've slept with them. I know they're gay. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe and if I you did. check on the internet, <laughs> I bet you can find rumors. Like, you know, if you Google right now, I, um, uh, Jesus fucked Judas and that's why Judas got jealous and dubbed him in like that probably there is some at least some yeah. fan fiction out there do they do bible fan fiction they like, should like I, I guess technically the bible is fan fiction about, <laughs> right also but it would be great if it did went to like bible gossip like Oh, yeah. Like a Perez Hilton kind of. Yeah, they updated Bible it each home. week, like Bible Weekly. <laughs> and it was just like the hottest. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, how good would that be? You did a show called Bible Weekly and everyone had to, like you go this week, um, the comics on the show have to 
whatever the part is, John 2, 5, I don't know. And then they have to write like a Bible weekly hot story about it. And they read it out loud. Do that show here if you have time. I saw uh, on the front page of one of those magazines today, uh, it was, uh, I was at a radio station and they had uh-huh. it in like, you know, the reception area. I love that when they're international. So I'm reading it, but there's this Australian model who's married to uh, Sam Worthington. Do you know who Sam Worthington I is? I do know the name. Yeah, he was like an avatar and stuff. He's an Australian Oh, actor, sure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, he married this like kind of celebrity TV person here uh, yeah. called Lara Bingle. And anyway, Ooh. they've got this thing on the front page where they're like, Lara Bingle's amazing tra- you know, body transformation. But essentially what they've got is the first shot is her in a bikini at the beach. Yeah. And she is like hunching over as if she's about to grab something off the ground. So right. like amazingly, Jen, there's some like rolls of like flab on her belly. Be- right. Like literally you could get like a stick and bend it in that way and, and it would have rolls of flab of, yeah. on the belly and her boobs are sagging a bit because she's literally leaning <laughs> over, hunched she's over. She's giving into gravity. Like a ne- Neanderthal person. <laughs> yeah. If, if if they weren't like droopy in some way. And then the after shot yeah. is her with her hands above her head <laughs> like stretching to the sky. And I'm like, I feel like we could all like look like we've lost 15 kilos just literally by putting our hands from there up to there. You know I'm having a fat day if you see me walking around Melbourne with my arms up. Just like you're constantly catching toes. something. Yeah, like, oh, but, oh, oh Jen's got a ki- her kite out today. She must, oh, she's joyful. Oh, no, just. She ate oh, she must be. Why, why has she got all those helium balloons? She must be going to a party. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, I love those kind of magazines that, um, like, when I see them here, like, you've got totally different stories about what Jennifer Aniston's doing than we do, but I love it. Like, she's getting divorced again now, I guess, and I guess. it can't break her. But in America, when I left, she was pregnant. Yeah. So something happened on my, on my 15-hour flight. Yeah, she was pregnant. <laughs> now they're getting a divorce because she still loves Brad. That's what normally comes up in the Jennifer Anderson totally. ones. There's always one about how she still loves Brad. Now that we know Brad a little more, aren't you like, no, she doesn't. No, she he's doesn't. He's kind of a ding-dong. Yeah, she's glad to be rid of him, I mean, him, I, I think, think he's a cool person, but he just seems like a dum-dum. Right. Not that I ever thought he was a genius, and that's why she loved him, but like an also, annoying Also, he's person. like married with 19 children. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like her, also married, it might be, I feel like she's probably moved on. I think we. Do you can know what I mean? I don't think she's, she's sitting around down. like carving Brad's name into her arm <laughs> during her pregnancy. Like, I hope she never did. Uh, well, carved his name into her arm. I mean, I don't think she did. But if you read any of those magazines, you'd imagine yeah. that. I mean, there seemed to be a point where they always used to be like, I guess, twenty-five percent like lies or rumors or yeah. whatever. But now it feels like they've just gone the complete opposite way, where it's just all lies and rumors. You know, and what one is honestly often true. The National Enquirer. It's usually whatever the front page story is because they're the nastiest people yep. who dig. So like the big, big stuff, a lot of times ends up true. Not everything, but. They have had ones over the past that yeah. have been true in the National Enquirer. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, well, they they were the ones who re- ran the Ted Cruz affairs Oh, do you know story. I haven't even been paying attention to this. I know that he's, is he currently having affairs? Well, according to the National Enquirer, there was yeah. like five people who have admitted they've slept with him. And oh. it's so weird because I don't imagine that you would admit you've slept with Ted Cruz. He's if... like the cutest of the Republican candidates. Is so he? Like, well, I'm saying if you had to pick. <laughs> of the ones left, maybe. Of like the five of of that we knew. What like about Rubio? You face. wouldn't have sex with Rubio before you had sex with Ted Cruz? No, I don't think so. Really? There's some that says something about you, I think. I don't know. I can't picture his face. Like sometimes I get. There's something about Ted Cruz has just like, it's like a cuteness there. Okay. Marco Rubio is like, no, he's got like a. I just he feels like slimy. I don't know. <laughs> but like he's just got like a Chris Matthews mouth that's just like always always looks slimy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what have you been doing while you were here in Australia? What's <laughs> been going on with uh, yeah? What how do you spend your time during oh, the festival? Oh God, nothing good. Um. Do they take you on like adventures and excursions? I did and it stuff last like year. That? Last year I excursed it. Okay. Up. Last year I was here for a month and I did everything from like even the zoo, the this, the that. Um, I didn't go. My friend went on some kind of like I don't know eight hour coastal tour. You right. get on a bus, and I was gonna do it, but I was like, I have, I have done this stuff in northern Queensland. Like I feel like I've done. I've been on a bus. I I've went, looked at things. <laughs> I went to the Great Barrier Reef. I went on a rainforest. Hike. I have Google Earth. I can I can get a snapshot of I this just, from my bed. Now I feel like I live here. And right. so I'm just like, I just go to my favorite places and I take my magazine 
and I have my coffee, which I f- like I get it. The coffee's good here, but it's not like I feel like everyone should take it down a notch. No, nah, there you, is you, Paris. You have no right to to I've judge. Been to You're Paris. an American. I'm some Paris yeah, coffee. But, yeah, but no, okay, well, no, then, it's not. Fuck off act- to fucking Paris if you want to fucking have Paris coffee. I, if there was a comedy festival. Yeah, I well, there go isn't. Back. So be nicer to us. That's what I'm saying. There's one here, and it's no, treating I love you quite it. nicely. No, I love it. Enjoy the fucking coffee. <laughs> Someone walks me to get coffee. <laughs> And they they feed it to me. No, so I have coffee and my little um, poached eggs on toast. Oh, nice. Oh, it's my favorite. And then I take a walk. I usually walk like six miles a day. Okay. I like to That's walk all through. That's a yeah. lot of walking. I walk through all the areas. Last year I saw the Aboriginal exhibit. I did this. Mm-hmm. I did that. Um, I have my favorite like bar. I go to Punch Lane. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh, well, who cares? Punch Lane's great. It's my favorite wine bar. I go like a couple nights a week. I've known the people there for a couple of years. So like that's my little hideaway. Or I'll go like late afternoon. And then, um, so I've been doing that. And then seeing old friends, like a lot of gay guy hangs. And like a one, I went out at night to, um, I don't know where I was, like a bar late. But I'm not going to do that again. It's bad for my voice. <laughs> and then uh, that's it. I just kind of wander. So sometimes I'm totally alone. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'm with a really close friend. Or sometimes I'm with a bunch of people. How do you go alone? That's an interesting thing I've been talking to about people recently. <sighs> because like, I think uh, comedians a lot of the time, like there is even during the festival, yeah. so many people like are social. They see, they see it as a social occasion. So yeah. everyone's always having a lunch or playing some FIFA you know, computer game tournament or like going to see a movie together. And I'm like, oh, no. oh, you're ruining all the best things about being a comedian, which is you don't have to talk to anyone all day. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> w- well, luckily I have like vocal problems. So I could throw that one out when I need to, which is not a lie, but it's like, but yeah. I love shopping and being alone. So I will check. Like I go to vintage stores and I talk to the people that work there and mm. I hang out there like I did in St. Kilda one day for like an hour. I just basically like went. I was like, do you want a cup of tea? And I brought this girl tea and we came in and talked. Like I just meet people and start talking. I'm not like that in America. and uh-huh. I'm a different person in Australia. You would never see me go to a bar alone and be like, let me chat up the bartenders and make friends with them. And then never. But here I'm like, hello, everyone. Like I'm totally different. That was a that's I don't know who that is, but I don't want to necessarily hang out with other comedians all the time, right? Unless it's like I'm blowing off steam after a show and I don't want to be alone. But it's that kind of it's not an addiction feeling, but it's a vibe that comes up that you can't explain. Where you're like, where is more stimulation? Right. So when I get like that, I call on my people, and it's real friendships. But during the day, I'm more like I'm like because oh, I've got so many good books I'm reading and I just want to sit in cafes and read and it's like morning it's coffee and eggs afternoon it's Prosecco and I just sit and I get like two drinks in the afternoon not every day but some days because I can't really drink at night during my show right and I don't like to drink too late so it's like it's my little yeah and I go to laneways that's my favorite thing yeah like well, all the lane culture well Melbourne uh, is famous for its laneways Jen, yeah, it's so the best we're like it's a laneway city so people will be appreciating that because if you do go to Melbourne and you don't check out some laneways people are gonna get mad at you how could you not what else would you do I mean are people stupid I go to like four lanes a day bro no some people <laughs> are just main street people some people no. are just like you know what I'm just for a thoroughfare I hate a laneway oh my god Fuck it's like a laneways. little magic world opens up some people are like no I'm taking I'm going to miss the city. I'm going to take a link around the city. I hate So them. I don't have to see any fucking laneways in my them. life. Oh, and I got a massage. I got a cranial massage, just straight up head and base of the neck only. Oh, my God. What sort of uh, – do, do you sit in one of those weird ergonomic chairs to get that? Or how, how do they give you the massage? No, you actually just sit straight up in a chair chair. Oh, okay. Um, and then I got cupping, you know, cupping. Uh-huh. I had that done. It's this place I'm obsessed with. When um, someone gently holds your genitals, right? <laughs> no, I don't have balls. <laughs> yeah, I went and he's like, you don't have anything to cut. Yeah, yeah I think like, I will like, we'll provide you some balls. <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's like when you go to the gym and they right. provide you with like socks if you didn't bring any. Yeah, oh, you didn't bring any balls? Oh, yeah. it's okay. We have we have <laughs> some spare put, balls. But these are the, look, just put them in the basket afterwards because we have to launder them legally. Do you think there's strap-ons that only are balls? Oh, like what? Just for teabagging. If someone's really into teabagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's a woman. And I mean, I feel like if there's anything sexual that you think of, yes, it, exists, it probably yeah. already exists. Do you think Leonardo DiCaprio get 
No, he has his own balls. He has his own balls. What if he wants bigger ones? Anyway. Maybe, no, so. maybe he has balls that he puts over his balls. He's <laughs> like, hang on, I'm just going to put on my ball extenders. My wonder balls. <laughs> That's why models never sleep with him again. Right. But no, I've, I've just. <laughs> yeah, he's got a padded. Uh, he's like, once they get him home, they're like, oh, you had massive. Oh, they're tiny. <laughs> like women want massive balls. Oh my God, his balls weren't big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you always see magazines like with men <laughs> bent over with their balls pushed out, you know. Oh, God, it's what, it's what women love. God. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, there's not, I mean, I imagine there is. I never of think about them unless I see right. really giant ones, which I have in the past. Would you, okay, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone had no balls, right? So if you like go home with somebody mm-hmm. and it turns out through some accident or whatever, they're yeah. just like, or just vanity. Maybe it becomes the next trend. You I get your balls. It would bother me. You get your balls removed. You'd be fine with that. I feel like I wouldn't even notice. Right. You, I mean, yeah, I you only notice them when they're things. there. Wouldn't it affect testosterone levels and like their? I mean, let's to... just say in this, everything else worked. Let's just perfect. say in this world, yeah. they've come up with a surgery because this is how vain we're getting. And yeah. balls are gross. Like you can get ball tucks and all those sort of things now. Yeah, yeah. But just say they came up with a way that you can get your balls inside yeah. you. So they put the, they tuck them back back up inside <laughs> yeah, where they're I'm actually meant that. to be. I don't need them. You there. know, for protection as well, because like you know, dangling around there, they're quite. I, mean, I know. You know, so you tuck them back in, you get them sewn back in, and but yeah. everything else still works fine. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. But I'm really not like, oh my God, I wish. I don't really care either way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I really never sure. think about balls. But so, guys, don't have experimental surgery. No, just, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Women don't really care unless there's like crazy, weird, dangling ones. But that I think only happens when you're older. I mean, the older you get, the lower they go, I suppose. That's fine. Everything gets. Everything gets lower. Everything. What gets you've got to do is just hold your hands above your head, and then they <laughs> seem like they're up higher. So. Jen's vagina is looking tight. Oh, that's because her hands are above her head. Right. That's like, why. It, just, yeah. it pulls you up why, all the way. Why is Jen going to these Donald Trump rallies <laughs> and holding a hand up? Her vagina has never looked better. Yeah, have you noticed? She's not into it. <laughs> She's just going for research, but she looks thinner in case she's photographed. But yeah, oh, I'm getting a lot of hair blowouts. Like I do my beauty routines. Like I just, I don't have any good answer of what I've been doing. I enjoy your hair at the moment. I think it looks really good. Oh, well, thank you. I'm getting another blowout this afternoon. Like at the, I saw your photograph of you the other day, and I was like, "Oh, Jen, gee, Jen Kirkman's kind of a, you know, a groovy, cool-looking young oh, person." Oh, well, thank you. That's a young person. That's what it looked like. I was age, like, "Look you at you! Fuck. Look at bloody young Jen Kirkman in a modern fashion way." Uh, oh, well, that is true. It did. It looked. It looked good. I like it. I yeah, like yeah. Lots. I'm. I'm in the. Uh, do I have bangs or fringe? Sorry. Do I have fringe? Do I not have fringe? And so I went and got them cut shorter because I felt like that would help me make a decision. But it's you guys don't have a blowout culture here, and I feel bad for the women because in America so, you can go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Talk to people. What You may even need to explain to some of my yeah, listeners. because I know that blowout means throwing up here. Yeah, kind of. You guys don't have places you can just go and vomit. You don't. Vomitoriums, <laughs> yeah. which wasn't a, like, where We're you can vomit, it, it turns America. out. That's a historically, anyway, whatever. Oh, that wasn't true? No, vomitoriums aren't actually a place where you vomit. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, what no, was it, it? A place you just went the vomitorium was no. It was the, the oh, now I can't remember the exact thing, oh. but it but it's a it's one of those misnomers or one of those things that people think is true but isn't true. I'm kind of glad it's not true. Yeah, I, I never understood. Okay, blowout is when you not get your hair cut. You go in and someone washes it at a place, and it's very it's like a nail salon. Like, Can men go there? Sure, but I don't know what. You, then you, they blow dry your hair for you. I really only want them to wash it. You know uh, I mean? They like, would do it for me. That's yeah. the fun bit. Like I love having, like you know, yeah. my head massaged, and I love You've having gotta my hair washed. Got to go to Zen Five stuff. in the Emporium. Really? Do you, a, think, do you think men go there though? Would I be weird if I was just no? There Zen Five like, is the massage place. Oh, that's, men do go there. That's the massage place. Yeah, yeah. Like Zen and it's five. real old Asian women and men. It's like authentic people who know what they're doing when they rub your head. It's not just like a lazy idiot at the airport. <laughs> Such a stereotypical thing to say, though, is that like, oh, no, there is old Asian men and women. I'm sure oh, they totally. know what they're doing. No, but it's really like <laughs> they'll explain while they're talking. Like, this it's is actually your blood a guy who, Yeah, that's what he'll explain. But it's actually a guy who was a surgeon <laughs> in his own country and came out to our country and his qualifications didn't. And now oh, he has totally. to fucking rub people's heads for a living <laughs> and he fucking hates it. He's like, this is bullshit. In my country, I was a god. Bullshit. <laughs> Rich fuckers. Just like, I went to university for seven years and now I'm rubbing your fucking head. And now when he's dreaming of what's inside, he just wants to open it up. Yeah, I used to be a brain surgeon, surgeon and now <laughs> this is what I do. I feel cancer. I'm not even going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this bitch, you can pay $35 to get her head rubbed. What are you doing in the middle of the day that you can do this to you? Don't you have a job? Oh my God, that's true. Maybe. What a beautiful life. Well, uh, blowout. So that it's almost like a nail salon. It's like uh-huh. a line of people just blow drying your hair. And some something about when they 
when someone else does it to you, it's silkier and straight. It's a thing that you really, as a lady, can't achieve yourself. And then after that, they'll style it. If you want, take a curling iron to it, put some waves in, beach waves, just natural, whatever. And then it's the whole deal is 35 bucks. Right. And then um, usually you would do it if you were going you know, out or something. Like going that. out. Sometimes some women do it if they can do it like beginning of the week and then your hair is done for the week and you just put a little dry shampoo in. Okay, so you sure. sure, sure. And I'm obsessed with it. I do it whenever what's, I need a pick. dry shampoo? Oh my God, you got to live. <laughs> it comes in either a powder or a spray. And when if you haven't washed your hair for a couple of days, you spray it all over the roots uh-huh. and then you go like this and it soaks up all the oil so that your hair doesn't look dirty, but you don't have to... You know, because like if you're... Well, you have shorter hair, but yeah. my hair is... Have, I haven't washed it in two days. The ends don't look dirty, but the roots might look greasy. So I put dry shampoo in it. That way I don't have to keep washing it and it holds your style. And it just like, uh, it then just is in there. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, it just comes out when you shake it. Is that kind of the deal of it? Or is it just... You have in, to rub in, it in or else it looks white, like oh, baby okay. powder. All right. Can okay. you see any? I put some in. I thought you had dandruff. I didn't want to say Wait, anything. did you really? No. Do you see it? I don't see oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Oh, I just got so nervous. Yeah. I'm walking around. <laughs> now, for the rest of the night, you're scratching <laughs> your head like you've got nits walking down the street. <laughs> no, but blow up. I asked the guy who did mine because I found one place. And he's like, it's just not our culture. Like, it would be too expensive and no one would. Do-. His answer made no sense. It was like, it wouldn't pay us enough. And then people wouldn't come. And I was like, I don't think that's true because... It was $50 here right. and nobody was in there because it's too expensive to justify for no reason. But I'm, you know, in the show, in the business, I'm taking pictures of myself. I have right. You got to get a bring, receipt. Yeah. You can claim that. So I felt like if it was 15 bucks cheaper, then everyone would be in there. Right. You reckon the, the price is prohibitive. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe they've got to have a, like a tight ass Tuesday. Or maybe like midweek, yes. they've got to have like, you know, discount prices. Maybe a two for one at the start. Or bring a friend in. tips. That way, like, there's don't, something don't about... Don't ruin our culture, Jen. No, I don't, don't want there to... Don't ruin our culture. I feel like in food culture, it's fine. But I feel like in other things, if you at least accepted tips, you might make a couple bucks more here and there. And there's a mentality towards tipping where if something's 35 bucks, even though I know I'm tipping 10, I'm like, it's only 35 bucks. This thing was right. 50 because it included everything and I don't have to tip. Well, this is what the Americans Although do. Although I tip anyway because I can't help it. What the Americans do uh, so well, and I don't think there's a problem here tipping a hairdresser or a, like someone, uh, mm. that sort of thing. I mean, like people will appreciate it if yeah. you do it. I mean, it's free yeah. money. They took time with me and right. I don't know. But, um, no one else in there. But the thing with the, what happens in America, which is different to what happens here, is like normally when you, here, when you walk into somewhere and it says it's $35, yeah. it's $35. It's so hard Whereas to Whereas in America, that means, okay, and then you're going to have to add the tax to that and then you've got to have that, right. add the tip to that. Right. And it kind of is a way to pretend. Like that's what the restaurant does. Like for example, they go, yeah. they go our meal is like $7, but it's not. You've got to no. pay your tax and you've got to pay your tip. And you know what? The restaurant should be covering the waiters like wages. That's the oh whole- yeah, because some people don't tip, so now you're right. screwed. You're screwing the person, like not the restaurant. They're still paying for the their food and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But you know they should be paying the waitress, the waiter, because also you don't have the choice. Yeah, you're not you're not actually paying for the like as in like you can't go and get the shit yourself and go. Oh no, no, it's okay. It's right, fine right. today. I won't, I don't need to pay for the. <laughs> you just ding, ding, ding when it, when it comes up, and I'll, I'll I'll go and get my own. How food. much? Like how well compensated are? servers are they making like 20 bucks an hour do you think um yeah i would say so in a lot of places and they get like penalty rates and weekend wages and stuff like that um the minimum wage here is mm, that's an interesting question but i think it's probably uh 17 or something like that i think well min- then i'm not minimum. gonna tip anymore in fact i'm gonna ask for them to tip me you can way. tip at restaurants you can tip staff if you think well, they're doing a good is. job. You can tip for drinks. Like, you know, the food yeah, service tip industry, drinks. tip for drinks and stuff. Or you like if that. I've sat at a cafe and I, I do that thing where I've finally learned get up and go pay my bill and I go back to my table, I might leave like a $2 coin or something if I just sat there for an hour sure. having a coffee. But I'm like, that is such a cheap ass tip. Do they go, oh, thanks for the tip? I mean, I... Like, do I look like an ass? I always... No, I enjoy... Like, I mean, I think the I tip... I like when there's a tip jar. I feel comfortable. 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, I like the tip for the hotel service in America. I don't mind that because it does feel to me that they are not very well-paid people oh, who have America, to do a shitty yes. job. Oh, my God. And so I always feel like, you know, it's nice yeah. to leave something. Because even yesterday when uh, the lady came in to clean this room, mm-hmm. it wasn't messy, but it hadn't been cleaned over Easter. So it just it was three or four days of like a few accumulated things. Yeah, and dead even, skin everywhere. Even then when you're – yeah, because I've been murdering all <laughs> Easter. That's what I do. That's how I celebrate it. I murder a guy and then I try to bring him back to life on Monday. That's how I celebrate Easter. That would be great if people were taking it so literally. Every year I do my Jesus experiment. I kill a good guy on a Friday. Has it ever worked? Has it ever come back to Not life? Not yet, but no. you know what? Got to make an omelette, got to break some eggs. You when know? I walked in here, Will goes, it has a weird smell in here. And now I know it's because you have bodies hidden and you're like, just waiting for them to come back. Um, the weird smell is a little bit like there's bodies hidden, though. Um, I can't smell anything, by the way. No. Well, I, because A, I had the doors open. B, I put, like, air freshener up in the room. Yeah. And C, I, like, burnt some toast. So there's a little lingering. Oh, I don't even smell that. Maybe I should see a doctor. Left. Yeah, you should know. If you, yeah, if you can't smell burnt toast, you won't know if you're having a stroke. Or so, if I can, then I'll know I must be having a stroke because oh, yeah. I feel like it comes from within. Oh, that's a good point. The yeah. burning comes from yeah, inside like, the house. Oh, hang on. You feel the burn? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm feeling the burn. I'm going to support Bernie so hard. I must be having a stroke. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about Okay. Uh, let's talk about that. because I, I haven't seen a Bernie bro in three weeks. I'm so happy. So I'm, I'm really interested <laughs> because we haven't had – like we talked about it last time we got together, but it, it kind of felt like it hadn't ramped up to what it's become now, yeah. which was that you were – um, having conversations online because here's the thing from Australia because I've spent some a bit of time there but we see it a little bit secondhand here as you may have it's noticed. It's scarier here. It looks like Trump is taking over the world. Right. And that's there. kind yeah. of the impression you get in yeah. Australia which is a bit different to what you're seeing over there. Yeah. So Bernie Sanders in Australia I don't think people mu- have much of an idea of what, what that no. is and what that's about and they certainly I don't think have much of an idea of this phenomena of the Bernie bros. Yeah. So tell like run me again through okay. what's well, going on. Well they, they say and the how Bernie Bros affect your life. They say the Bernie Bros is a derogatory <laughs> thing that the Hillary campaign started. Right. And they said she did this during Obama in two thousand eight when she criticized the young men that were for him. And it's like, or young men getting into politics for the first time are completely obnoxious and they did do this with Obama because I do remember them and they were like, She voted against the Iraq war. She voted for the Iraq war. And it's like, great. Then we elected Obama. He's droning everybody. So it's like, listen, there's my whole thing. And I don't like, mean to sound like the old lady in the room. Politicians make deals and they do things incrementally and they compromise. And it doesn't seem like Bernie's a great compromiser. I like his vision for the future. <clears throat> I'm more of a socialist too. I love him, but I just, I feel like he's not helping like the way he's using buzzwords, establishment, these people are status quo, I want revolution. I don't know what revolution you can get when you get elected president and then you have a Congress that's going to block everything you propose. Like it. Sometimes he does have, which is his great appeal, by the way, yeah. as well, uh, because the things that he's saying are right. But he's whether, totally right. He's totally right. But there's a difference between, like, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the things that Russell Brand said were right. Yeah. But I wouldn't vote for Russell Brand. Well, I mean, I would vote for Bernie. <laughs> but my thing with him is, like, I wouldn't vote for him thinking anything's going to change. Right. I'd be very cynical you'd because be of the hopeful world. Hopeful, and, but, but you'd, cautious. I mean, because I think that people, Obama genuinely had... Yeah, a lot of good intentions as well that yeah. then through the pragmatism of politics and the way that it all works over there and not being yeah. able to get things through was un- incapable of doing a lot of those things. Yeah. The system is very hard. Like the system is so broken. And that's what Bernie is saying to a certain point is yeah. like the system is broken. But it is, uh, do you think it is the young men thing? Because I can understand. And women too, young people. Because the first time you have political opinions. Yeah. You suddenly, like, I remember what it's like, you know, oh, when you're yeah. at university and stuff like that. Your political opinions are so one-dimensional. Well, yes, and, this is the, what it is. There's a one-dimensional know, sense to it. Right. You, and you just assume. It's it's like someone who's just found religion or someone who's found, yes. like, everything that person says is right and everyone who doesn't believe them is some idiot is that needs to be. Is wrong being manipulated because there's, right. this, there's this phenomenon now of, it's called I'll just leave this here is like the sarcastic way to describe the phenomenon is Bernie bros, as I call them sending women articles about things Hillary Clinton has done wrong. It's like, no, no, I understand. I'm just saying whoever the Democratic nominee is, I am voting for both. I have voted third party in the past. This is not for me the year to do it. And I don't believe Hillary is so fundamentally evil. And unfortunately, a lot of the right-wing talking points about Hillary in the past have been coming up 
in the left wing, like she's responsible for some coup in Honduras and she hates women. And it's like, well, let's not get crazy. And so, yeah, there's got to be a little bit of like, uh, whatever happens. Yeah. Um, the other mob are terrible. Yeah. So you kind of don't want to run down your own person so much. Well, this that- is what's happening is they're saying there's Bernie or bust people. If he doesn't get it, they believe he's the only one that can beat Trump mm-hmm. in the general election. So they're saying if he doesn't get nominated to be the candidate against Trump, they will not vote for Hillary. They will write in his name or they will vote third party. But that's going to split everything and all. So basically there'll be everyone Republican will vote for Trump and then the Democrats once again will be split into three categories. Write-ins or staying home, third party or Hillary. And so now, and so they're saying, well, tough shit, burn it up then. No pun intended. Like blow it up, blow up this. I want to blow up the system too, but I bet we can do it in a smart way. Right. Like we can be like a mechanic and take apart a car. We don't have to bomb it and watch it blow up. Yeah. I, that, 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 that solution is like we've got termites in the house, so let's burn the house down. And I also feel like it now, and thank God articles are coming out about it that are smarter than me that I can pass around to people if they're passing me articles. Do you just say, I'll just leave this Yeah, here? I basically go, read this. No one reads <laughs> it. But it's basically like if you're a young white male, you have the privilege to say, let Trump be president, that's going to blow up the whole system, and then we can start over and have six parties. That's great. But in those four years, it's going to really suck to be a woman in America, a gay, a trans, a black person. Like, I mean, anyone who thinks you're going to get four years with President Trump is kidding themselves. What, I, if he even became president? Well, if he became president, he won't last four weeks. I think weeks. he would walk away. Well, and be like, I don't want this. There's no way he's lasting four years in that job. He no. will either be killed. Yeah. He will be he do something so ridiculous and so whatever that America yeah. becomes embroiled in some horrible international incident and you have to like impeach him or something like that. Yeah. Or he will walk away. He'll get he bored. I, well, you know, I didn't agree. It's oh, hard so work to be president. That's what's. That's what when everyone, like <clears throat> every press I've done this week and I've turned into the most boring person when I do them, they're like, what do you think about Trump? Like, I just want to be like, look, Americans aren't stupid. The real issue is not that too many of us will elect him. There's this whole other thing going on where once again, the left is eating itself because we are the smarter, more creative, diverse opinion party. We don't fall in line with our whatever our daddy says. And even people who like Hillary are like, listen, I know it's not the perfect solution, but I noticed we elected 44 male presidents that weren't the perfect solution. We don't have to wait for the perfect woman. And But I feel like some people are getting kind of lockstep with Bernie and it's weirding me out. But um, so I keep t- trying to explain here, which is not ever I mean, funny. And to anyone listening, let's just – like how old's Bernie Sanders? 74. Right. So he's going to have some low-hanging balls. That's all we're saying. Let's just maybe that's why he's always like <laughs> raising his hands and pointing. He is. He's trying to bring them up. He's like Bernie. You keep <laughs> tripping over your balls. You can't be president if you're tripping over your balls, mate. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm happy with him or Hillary. I think he would be kind of exciting, but I, mean, you know, be, I do th- want to see a woman president. Yeah, I mean, and, and not just because she's a woman. She's I also think the most qualified person for the job. I don't want Carly Fiorini as president. No, but there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, as long as there's a qualified person on the ticket, I'm going to choose them because they are." I do think having a woman will it'll do something for culture, or at least for kids growing up who don't think it's weird. That a woman, just like young black kids, I'm sure, are like, oh, a black guy can be president. They don't live in the same world that their parents did. So, but I'm not like preaching for either one. Both are fine. I'm just freaked out by the people who won't vote for her. And there was a great article in Ms. Magazine. I assume, for by by the way, for four years, she's going to get questions like female comedians get. You know, going, what's it like being a female president? (laughs) (laughs) She should be like, I just, and how exciting would it be someone who was once first lady became president? I just, the history behind all of it, that'll completely be washed away if if, uh, she does get elected. She's already made history a million times in the election and people are just like, whatever. She's a corporate shill. I'm like, oh, grow up. It's, I'm turning into like the old right wing person that's like, oh, there's corporate shit. Just get used to it. You know? <laughs> and I'm leaving my towels on the floor and I don't give a shit. I'm getting my head rubbed. Well, it is it, like the, the, the interesting thing about that is, I mean, clearly she is a corporate shill, but the problem is that the, the politics, the way that the politics operates, there is no way that you can raise enough money to compete in the political system without being a corporate shill. I yeah. mean, that's one of the things that Bernie is focusing on is this idea that, you know, the system itself is broken. Yeah. But, like, you can't 
Like it, it's a kind of a case of if I could quote uh, somebody much smarter than me, mm. don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> right. Right. Just if someone else has played the game the way the game is played because they didn't invent the game. Right. Like she didn't come up with the rules of the game. Yeah. She's just to get to where she's got understood how to play it and to get there. And who's to say she might not be willing to help change it like with campaign finance reform that – Well, I think this is the one, the good thing that Bernie is doing and I don't think he will get the nomination but I do yeah. think that he has probably pulled her – left again. Oh, it's amazing. And that's the right thing. And I that's mean, what that's bums the, me out, know. though, about the Bernie bros is they'll be like, oh, now Hillary's copying what he's saying. I'm yeah. like, idiots, that's good. fucking good. That's why then Bernie's we can, still in it. Yeah, because then we can hold her to that if she gets elected. Mm. She's not just going to go back and become a different person. Right. And I kind of get, well, here was the other quick thing about that is like, I kind of get, uh, oh, oh, the young people don't want to hear about how in 2000, Bush was able to and I believe he did steal the election. Well, he did. I but mean, yeah, but yeah. he was able to get close enough to do it without it looking weird because so many votes went to Ross Perot. Right. And there was this whole, I mean, uh, Ralph uh, Nader. To Ralph Nader. And there was this whole thing of like, Al Gore's just like Bush. I don't know where that came from. But it was like this thing of like, he's establishment. He was already involved with the Clintons. And it's the same shit over and over. It split the party. Look who got to steal it. And we're trying to tell the younger people that. And they're literally like, who cares? Fuck you. You're old. That's what you guys did. It's not going to be this way this time. And we're like, oh my God. Like, so you don't even care about an example that's literally the same. That only happened 14 years ago. Right. Like, you know, the, no. Fuck that They grandma. were eight when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just some old bitch. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm not even that old. But so I do. And I kind of agree with what Susan Sarandon said and everyone's freaking out. She said, like, if Trump gets elected, maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe there'll be a revolution. I, it'll be a bad thing. But I do get what she's saying. Unlike with George Bush getting elected, I think we were like, well, technically he's in the realm of a right. politician. He's ridiculous, but it's not, look, what can we do? If he got elected, I actually picture people like storming the White House and like pulling him out. I mean, and then getting shot. And it's crazy. Yeah. Like President Trump, I mean, like today, have you seen, have you copped the abortion comments he made today? Have yeah, you they should seen be punished. That? Yeah, women, yeah, this should be illegal and they should be punished for having abortions. I, I mean, don't believe him though. I mean, it's bad he's saying it though because he's riling up people that agree. He does. But does he really mean that? Well, here's what I don't understand about him at all is he's clearly on the public record like a bunch of other times saying things that are the complete opposite of yeah. many of the things he's that he said. He's a complete New York liberal. You do not know what the fuck is going on with him. No. That's the thing. Like, Either he is just some crazy megalomaniac who's willing to just say whatever he wants yeah. to get in charge, or he's playing some sort of weird, elaborate game slash rope a dope slash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, one of his former advisors that was in the campaign room or whatever the fuck it's called the day they decided to run, she wrote, she left, and she wrote this article like, um, you don't know the things I've seen. Only Jesus does. Like, it was kind of just like, uh, I can't believe this. She said when they first started, she was a Republican, but a moderate who wanted to blow the system up like he was. And he was great in the first couple of weeks calling Jeb Bush out on this. Oh, 9-11, we weren't safer. Like, it was cool. And she was like, yeah, I'm into it. And he said he doesn't want to be president. He wants to come in second and push the party more moderate. Right. And then something happened and the rally started. He started getting popular and it seemed like he wanted to be president and he was causing all this trouble. And she was like, I'm out. So now she's out. And she wrote this great article about it. And I was like, so that's what I think happened. I think he lost his mind halfway through and he's like power hungry. I've, okay, I've thought about this before. Yeah. Um, uh, Brendan Burns, who's an Australian comedian, oh yeah, I know he, he has a, um, a satirical routine uh-huh. that was a, that some people uh, edited on the internet, uh-huh. and it made it look like he was being racist rather than satirizing racism. Oh, right? I hate that. But it became really popular with racists. And <laughs> right. I have since thought about this. What if, like you, Eugene Kirkman here at yeah. the comedy festival, just had one bit right. That was like, it just turned out was really racist or whatever. But yeah. suddenly, like, it became a YouTube sensation. Oh. Like, you were a huge everywhere. Suddenly, there's that point in your career, you're like, well, you know what? Like, I can be true to myself. Yeah. Or they've offered me Rod Laver Arena next week <laughs> if I can just do an hour <laughs> of this racist shit. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But you could see how some people can do it. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, totally. You can see how some people go, well, like Donald Trump goes, oh, yeah, well, this is split. playing well. You like dissociate and you go, well, I'm not really like that, but I'll play this. Well, essentially, like, you know, okay, here's a better analogy, yeah. right? Um, you go out on the road 
and there's some places where, you know, there's just some other material you might do yes, in a certain totally. town and because you know the crowd. It's Saturday night. It's the second show. You're probably not going to hit them necessarily with your smartest stuff, but yeah, it's late no, at I night, dumb it so down. you'll do a bit more of your crowd oh. pleasing. You might bring out that blowjob routine you haven't done for a few years. It's the bits that you don't, if your comedian friends were in the back, right. you, would you wouldn't not do. want them to see you But doing. they work. Yes. And so I reckon that's what Trump's like. He yeah, started doing right. his ordinary stuff and he goes, you know what's working? This Mexican rapist bit. <laughs> I wouldn't do it in front of other people, but people love it. I you should hear my true. new abortion chunk. <laughs> what does even mean women should be punished? Punished. Like, like, like an abortion isn't enough of a punishment for a start. Like, but I secondly, I love yeah, it. Yeah, they should be sent to prison, mate. Put them in prison. Oh, in prison. Yeah, put them – well, find them, I guess, send them a fine. If it was a nice prison, like, you know how I love to be taken care of. Oh, yeah. Like, if it was, like, a white-collar prison. Right. I would just say I had an abortion. Well, maybe that's what you need to do. Set up, a, set up like a white collar sort of because it's all privatized prisons in America now. Yeah. So you yeah. could call it prison, but it's really just a just, lovely, you know, kind of we've just had an abortion health spa. It's just like a, it's like a place where women and that's where they right. gather and plan right. their revolution. Hey, now you're in. Now you're in prison. Blowouts at three. Manicures at five. Blowouts. See, you're getting into it. Political revolution theory at seven. Guess guess feminist speakers at seven. When is a cranial massage? Cranial massage during oranges and new black screenings at nine. <laughs> God, that sounds like a great life. I would be so into it. Um, uh, do you ever wonder about uh, things like what you would be like if you were in prison? Does that ever like... Oh, totally. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, if I were sent to prison for something... Yeah. Like, how, how would I go in prison? How do you think well, you would go in prison? Immediately start smoking again. Like, okay. So Might excited as well, about right? that. Yeah. yeah. I would be. <laughs> They'd be like uh, guilty, and you'd just light up. <laughs> it's like, all right, here we go. Like, can you wait yeah. till you get outside? No, no. no. Going to prison. Oh, what are you gonna do? You Send me to fucking fuck? prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, add that fine on to my yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would be smoking, but I'd be the spiritual person that's like getting all into. I mean, I right. like this anyway, but it would be like I finally have time to read all my. Yeah. Self help book. So I do. I'd be that person. It's like, a good way to do to prison. You're trying to find a better you. It's good yeah. for the parole board. I try to write. Be stuff. making notes to write my book. Yeah. I also feel like I would be good at manipulating the other people, like oh, dealing okay. with crazy people and just playing everybody and being liked and okay. keeping out of everyone's business. All right. Like, what I, what about a if comedian skill, like handling audiences? What about though? You get, you know, but still there's always going to be one person in there who doesn't like you. And then sometime there's going to be some, violence. I'd probably sleep with the person that didn't like me. Okay. I for the woman who didn't yeah, like yeah. me. I would just be like, I'll be her woman. <sighs> yeah. You're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I whatever. feel like I'd be, you'd be like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I, I feel like this. it'd be kind of cute in prison. And then I would <laughs> do, um, I don't know if they'd let me have. I have this squishy ball that I do uh-huh. sit-ups on right. when I'm in my hotel workout. So I almost have like a prison workout. If they'd let me bring that ball, if they wouldn't, I know how to do. I mean, you'd, you, but yeah, but what you'd probably have to do is like stuff that ball through as cigarettes so you could use them as currency in the yard. Oh, and stuff. okay. No, no, no. Then I would just do my own Pilates floor routine and then I would do my arm exercises that you don't need weights for. Uh-huh. So I'd be, I think I would be, the food Fit. would really be hard to be a vegetarian there. Oh, I mean, it'd be it'd be easy to keep in shape, I reckon, though, because I don't think you'd overeat in prison. I think you'd just no, kinda... you'd undereat and be like, "I'm so disgusted right. by this food." So you you get to basically, yeah, you get to. But work... I'd have no nutrition, and I'd be smoking. Oh, yes, you've gone back to smoking. Well, that's going to take the weight off too, though. So you're going to come out looking great. <laughs> I'll look great. I'll have lung cancer, but I'll look great. I'll look great for my book tour. When am I in prison for? I mean, how much guilt is there on my head? Uh, I mean, I think something accidental, right? Like it's got to be, I don't know, yeah. what What would you go to prison for? What is the, what's the thing that's most likely in your life that if you were going to go to prison, that you would go to prison? I don't mean something you've done, but like. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I like. Probably if- like accidental, like a car car accident or something yeah okay like so, something like that yeah, you so think that's the most plausible thing for me i always think like i've occasionally mistakenly traveled with pot and i don't think it, oh but, but you like, get you know, that kind of prison yeah, yeah like i think oh well you know maybe if you went to the wrong country and you forgot you had pot in your jacket or something oh yeah like well that, if i went yeah. to the wrong country and they found like a sleeping pill or something but now i'm not in that now i'm in a crazy right, other yeah, country that's prison. A whole there i just prison. shut down and give up yeah because you're I, the american you're just like all right well i oh, guess no, it's over i'm gonna get killed within one day 
Hillary can't help me and all the Bernie bros are like, we told you. As if like any president can help someone. No, Bill Clinton would come get me. Remember he got those uh, girls yeah. that were Bill, in North oh, he'd, Korea? He'll come. He la- <laughs> he'll be like, yeah. When Bill Clinton knows there's some missing girls, he's like Liam Neeson in Taken. And he gets to go to Thailand and see some other ladies on the way. I like to think that that Bill Clinton gets the call much like Liam Neeson in those Taken movies. And he goes, you have my girls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm president of the free world. (laughs) You have my girls. I think you would be good if you went to an American prison. You would be like, they'd love the accent. You'd get away with a lot. For a bit, but I, I have no fighting skills. And I think if you're a man in prison, you need to have No, you could be that skills. one that's like charming people, but you would be, you'd have a lot of boyfriends. Right. I mean, a lot of boyfriends. Yeah. Not just like, I don't mean prison rape and all those tacky jokes. I mean, yeah. legit boyfriends. Right. A relationship. You yeah. would be forced to be in one. I mean, I feel like also, survive. but also I feel, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I definitely would have to yeah, have one to survive. Mm-hmm. But I also think that I would feel like I could be there to help people. You know? <laughs> well, like a pastor? Oh, well, I, I think I'm good at giving people advice about sure. their lives and careers and stuff. So I feel like that might be my thing. Well, when you're spooning in bed with the biggest, meanest guy there, because that's, he would like you. Right. You're the, you would be the most feminine, I would assume. And then you could give him advice there. Like, right. you don't have to, you know. You know, sometimes you can just solve your problems by talking them out. <laughs> you might, I feel like you'd somehow learn to sneak in pot. Um, uh, you can find pot in prison. But I feel like shortly. people would come to you for that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a good Yeah, like, point. and you would have that and you'd probably organize like a stand-up show. I'd definitely have like a podcast. I'd have <laughs> you the, would have a podcast. I'd have the number one prison podcast. <laughs> would they let you have recording? Maybe the guard would like you so much that he'd be like, "You can't touch the equipment." Right. But I'll come in and hold I'll come a, in. I'll hold the microphone. Yeah, and I'll record. And you, you guys. just talk. Oh my god! What a brilliant idea! Prison podcast. Right. You could probably do it now. You could go to prisons and podcast with people. I yeah. bet you they would let you. I, I just always fear of walking into a prison voluntarily. That. Well, I mean, I think you'd, you know, the way that they walk me to things in Melbourne, you'd get the guards I mean, to walk you You'd around. assume that you wanted to be walked out again, though. You know what I mean? I always feel like going into a... forget you. I feel like going to a prison's like going into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> like, you know, there was some sort of weird thing where none yeah, of yeah. the kids were... Like, unless you're Charlie, you don't make it out of that situation. I think you... I mean, look at Jeff Ross has been going to prison lately and doing his jokes. Oh, yeah, that's a good Johnny point. Johnny Cash went to prison and... Yeah. They let him leave. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, All you right. just have to have your guards with you. But okay. prison podcasting is like the new playing. New area. It's, it's like new the angle. new area. It's even different than stand-up because you're letting them talk. Right. God, this is such a good idea. That and the weekly Bible show. Okay, well, I won't be able to put up this podcast then because <laughs> like, it's too full of good ideas and people are going to no, steal No, 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 no. You can just put TM at the end of it. Oh, is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. TM. Yeah. Can you just say it? No, I mean, it? you write it in the Do you have to write it? Can't I just say it? TM. I think you don't say trademark or a lot of things. Trademark. Just write... <laughs> yeah, just keep saying trademark. Saying, saying trademark is my trademark. <laughs> just after ideas, trademark. Email this podcast to yourself like they say a script. Mail it to yourself. So Once that... I post it, surely that's publishing and that means that it's my trademark. I think so. Trademark. Trademark. I'm just going to call this episode <laughs> so trademark. We've got trademark. Trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be called. I'll just call it trademark. That should cover off everything else, right? Um, all right. We're going to finish up in a minute because we're just sneaking a little one in in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have to go and do some press and some stuff. Oh. But, uh, oh, la <laughs> I had press. This is my big press day. I, well, oh. I kind of try to have one a week that yeah. w- where most of it is in one day. So I had the early morning. I had a driver this morning driving me around to things. Oh, fun. I had my press day last week and it was seven hours long and I almost killed myself. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's a long day, yeah. it can really, by the end of it, you're like, oh, oh. I don't remember what I've said or who I am. <laughs> and then you have to do a show that so, night. Yeah. Like, oh, can I have a night off? Can I, oh, I just talk all day. It's just hard. <laughs> but during the day, I just normally go to vintage shops and buy strangers cups of tea. <laughs> this is not how I spend my day. I'm not prepared. I haven't had a blowout today. <laughs> do you understand? I can't do the show. Oh, my God. I'm doing that today. I'm going to H&M and getting a blowout. I know H&M isn't vintage, but there's a jacket that's calling me. <gasps> you can't believe it. It's beautiful. Okay. Well, no, I can believe it. <laughs> it's like, I love when you say it's calling me. <laughs> oh, it's calling yeah. me. I walked by last <laughs> night. I love that the H&M here is basically <laughs> like an old federal building. Like it's such a beautiful building that should not be an H&M. Well, that building has recently been renovated where all that stuff is. Oh, okay. It, so it all has become now that shopping precinct, but that was only in the last... 
Like the Emporium only opened last year, I think. Or I noticed that years. because yeah. the first year I was here, there was no Emporium. Yeah. Thank God they put a mall in to make me more comfortable. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of malls there now. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. But you're still getting there on laneways as well. So Listen, I'm, staying, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jen, uh, people can see your show up until when? April 6th. I'm at the Arts Center, Melbourne, Melbourne in the Fairfax studio. And is it a nice room? Every Do you night. enjoy the room? It's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's like a real theater. Right. And like a beautiful lights, and I've got sound cues and I have a dressing room where they go, Ms. Kirkman, five minutes to stage and like those light bulbs around the makeup table. I mean, it's really a Much dream. better than performing at most comedy venues in the Melbourne Festival where your dressing room is the toilet that's next to the <laughs> stage that you have to get into 45 minutes before the show because all the audience come in and then you just yeah, have you to just hide, hide behind in the toilet a, I, last until year, your show starts. I was hiding behind a curtain in the cloakroom. It's right. actually... You know, I can adapt to anything. That's why I know I'd be good in prison. Um, but this is much nicer. This is like my corporate prison. It's a beautiful room and uh, the audiences have been great and it's super fun. And we will be having, I can I can say this, a Jen Kirkman hologram at the live TOEFOP on uh, April what? the 9th. Well, not a hologram, but well, I did promise you last time you are on the show that we would have something in your oh, honor. Oh, but I was kidding. Yeah, I know. But we, oh deci- my God, we decided that. this would be a fun thing to do. I'm going to cry. Yeah, so we have, uh, it's, uh, we're working on it, but apparently there is some sort of Jen Kirkman oh like God. recording bot or something. I'm like getting misty. It will be I'm... terrible, Jen. Don't. It, but it's the thought. But it's the thought that counts. I'm, Please remember pictures. when you see it, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> take pictures, everybody. Send them to me. Oh. Uh, that will... By the way, oh, yes. I meant to bring you a gift and I forgot to, got to buy it. But um, this. <laughs> I was going to buy you a really nice bottle of wine. But to thank you for anyone that's in the audience of my show, I know it has to be from this podcast. I mean, you gave me a better venue this year because of all my exposure. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, an absolute pleasure. It's so nice to have um, so many of the, the Tofop Fofop crew out here this year. Daniel Sloss uh, is doing a brilliant show and a whole bunch of uh, my favorite acts from Australia are out here as well. But, yeah. you know, Jake Johansson's out here. There's like a whole bunch of people who've been on the podcast and I keep seeing that people are going to shows and saying that they heard about the people on the podcast. So I love that. That's absolutely oh, brilliant. So, so cool. it's really cool. Um, so we're going to do the big live Tofop at the Comedy Theatre April the ninth uh confirmed guests uh daniel sloss um justin hamilton lindsey webb felicity ward john deeks of course is hosting the night charlie and myself and a very special surprise guest <gasps> that is not russell crowe and is not batman so please like i thought when i said special surprise guest i was so excited i was like oh people will love this yeah and now people have been guessing people who are probably better than the special guests. Oh, yeah. You're like, and now I'm like, oh, it down hey. It was meant to be exciting, <laughs> not like, oh, they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but oh, anyway, um, You're going to tell me fun. off air. Yes, yes, indeed I will. Uh, my show, Fire at Will, uh, is on for the rest of the festival, so check that out. And, of course, April the 7th at the Sydney Opera House, which is next Thursday, uh, two shows only. Uh, only one night in Sydney uh, this year, and so it's at the Opera House that night. The first show is almost sold out, but there are still tickets available to the second show, and it's my favourite show I've ever done. So, Sydney, come out Yay. and see it. Uh, April 21 at Nerd Melt, and uh, then, of course, uh, first week of at May. At Nerd Melt? Wait, yes. you're all of a sudden back. Oh, yeah, I'm You're just crazy man. I'm just in the US for a week and a half doing some shows. You're I've got nuts. some bits and pieces to do, including April 21 at Nerdmount and uh, then uh, first week of May in Perth. But anyway, that's enough. Bang what time are your that. shows here again? 8:45. Okay, so we so clash. I can never see it. Thank no, you. You cannot. <laughs> you, you can never see it. <laughs> it's on at six o'clock on Sunday, but that probably I don't know if that works for you. But it might. anyway, it might. All right, we'll talk. Um, all right, uh, yeah, <laughs> off here. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Thank you.